0: We have been walking through our mission as a church. Last week we started with the great commandment, which is found where? Matthew 22, 22, right? Today we're going to look at the second half of our mission, uh, the great commission uh, given by Jesus in Matthew 28. Mount Moriah Baptist Church is a community of faith devoted to loving God, loving people, and making disciples who do the same. That's where we are here in 2023. And that's where we're going to go until you get rid of me. Amen? Amen. Don't say amen to getting rid of me. That's (laughs) sad. Stand with me as we read God's Word together, as we worship through the reading and hearing of God's Word. Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. Matthew 28, starting in verse 16. Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. When they saw Him, they worshipped Him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning. God, I know that there are heavy hearts and there are burdens that are carried into this place. God, I pray that for the next few moments, we give them to you. We lift those to you so that we can rest in your word. We can rest in your faithfulness and we can rest that you are sovereignly in control of all things, that no matter if we go through a high tomorrow or a low tomorrow, we know that you hold our days. Help us to trust you and to walk with you every breath that you give us. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. So imagine being a disciple of Jesus Christ, one who has followed him and seen all the miracles, and just have has have been in all. Like every day that you wake up, like I get to follow this guy Jesus, who says he's the image of God, who does these miracles, who forgives sins, who heals the lame and the blind and the cripple, and then you witness the arrest or you witness the crucifixion. Maybe you would have been a disciple who would have deserted Jesus. And now, on a mountain outside of Galilee, you see the risen Lord. How awesome would that be? How confusing would that be? The passage tells us that many worshiped the 11 disciples, those that came to see him, worshiped, but some doubted. Now, if we were to just take the 11, we don't know which ones doubted. We know Thomas doubted, and he got to touch the the scars of Jesus before. But some doubted. There are days that I wake up and doubt that God has called me to preach. (laughs) For what reason? Why? Imagine seeing a risen person. Would you doubt? You might have questions. You may wonder, like, what is going on? Maybe you're in the back of the crowd. You can't really see what's happening. Paul tells us there are more than the 11 disciples that witnessed the resurrected Jesus. I want you to hear the words from 1 Corinthians fifteen three through 8. This is from Paul to the church of Corinth. He says, I delivered to you as first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried, then he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and he appeared to Cephas, and then to the twelve, and he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. Paul tells us that over 500 people witnessed the resurrected Lord. They witnessed Jesus after his crucifixion and burial. 500 people. Can we get 500 people to agree on anything today? When I mean, you go on social media and say, I like apples, and then somebody will be like, how dare you discriminate against bananas, whatever the, 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 the argument may be. 500 people cannot, under, uh, they can't agree on anything. Your family, where do you want to go eat? I don't know. Well, let's go to White Castle. You know I hate White Castle. 500 people witnessed the resurrected Jesus. We can trust the words of God. Why? One, it's God breathe, and two, it's eyewitness. Those who wrote the scriptures were inspired by the holy God, sovereign God, who is in control and over everything that we see and everything that we don't see. And so Jesus is the one who sees his disciples and he comes and he gives them a command. We're going to get three things today. Jesus's authority, Jesus's command, and Jesus's promise. Three things. You got it? You got it memorized? The first one is what? Jesus's authority. Jesus' command and then Jesus' promise. You can go home for the day. You wrote those three things down. You're good. You're done. You will pass the test, Chelsea. He's like, there's a test. Jesus rises from the dead and he meets those who would follow him and he gives them a command. For all followers, even today in 2023, the command still stands for anyone who would follow after Christ. Everyone here, one time or another, who has had a job, maybe it was McDonald's, maybe it's a state job, maybe it's a corporate job, maybe it's a, a community type job, whatever it is, that job, you're, you're, whoever you work for has a mission statement has an organizational goal or a statement, right? You can think about who you work for right now. Think about the goal, the overarching idea of why that organization exists. Every organization has a mission statement. Our church, Mount Moriah Baptist Church, his mission statement is love God, love people, and make disciples. That's our statement. But not every organization has a biblical statement. Some organizations say, we want to have uh, we want to make the most money, and so whatever our goal is, whatever our mission is, will get us to making the most money. Mount Moriah Baptist Church, our statement is a biblical statement. We see it from the mouth of Jesus, and that's where we're going to go. We're going to follow the words of Jesus in loving God, loving people, and making disciples. Now, our making disciples uh, has four steps. We have four member commitments here at our church. We will commit to gather. We'll commit to grow, we'll commit to give, and we'll commit to go. If you want to come back tonight, this is your invitation. Come back tonight, we're going to go over those four member commitments. But our statement is biblical, and so we're going to look at what the scriptures say. Look at verse 18. This is Jesus' authority. So as a church, we are under the headship, the authority of Jesus Christ, you are not under the authority of Pastor Ryan. You are not under the authority of deacons. You are not under the authority of any committee or any family. You are under the authority of Jesus Christ. This is His church, and so we will do. It would do us well to follow Christ. The authority that I have by preaching and teaching to you comes from the Word of God. If I ever were to come to you with an encyclopedia and say, "Today we're going to hear what the encyclopedia has to say," you have free reign or pre permission to leave. The authority that I have comes from the very words of God that we see here in Scripture. Jesus' authority, verse 18. Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If you were to take a poll outside of this place, authority would not be a very popular word. We rebel against authority. We can see through Scripture that uh, from the creation and Adam and Eve, they have rebelled against God. The people of God whom God saves over and over and over again, they rebel against God. We rebel against authority. And so if I were to tell you, hey, do not speed when you go home. For some, it's going to be really hard for you not to put a little bit more weight on your right foot. <laughs> Maybe you sped this morning on the way here. Well, that that speed limit sign is a authority type figure in our lives. If you break the law, what happens? You go to jail. Whoa. <laughs> you get a ticket. Somebody's going to call you out. We don't like authority. Authority is not nice. It doesn't feel good. So when Jesus comes to the disciples and says... I have all authority and it's been given to me and he gives them the command. The reason why some of our lives don't look like we are followers of Christ is because we neglect to submit to the authority of Christ. We like the idea of Jesus. Oh, he loves me. He died on a cross for me. He saves me. That's my Lord. When it gets down to it, How do you live your life? Is he really Lord over the way you spend your money? Is he really Lord over who you hang out with? Is he really Lord over the the types of things your job is asking you to do? The authority of Christ is imperative to understanding the command of Christ which comes next. Paul gives us the uh, insight to who this is, who Jesus is, and what his authority is like. I want you to turn with me to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Colossians 1, 15. This might be one of like three that I ask you to turn to. It may be one of like seven. I don't know. It may be more. But this is the first one. Colossians 1, verse 15 is where we're going to start. We're looking at the authority of Jesus. He, Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Now we could just stop there and have a sermon all day just on that half of a sentence. Jesus is God in flesh. Not only is he God in flesh, he's the firstborn over all creation, meaning he did not, or he was not created. He was at the beginning. He was before all things. And here we go. For by him all things were what? created so when we read in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning Jesus created the heavens and the earth visible and invisible thrones or dominions rulers or authorities any type of leadership figure throughout all of history Jesus is over all things were created through him and for him He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Your heart beating this morning is because Jesus is beating it. Your hands, the days of your life, are in His hands, and He holds it together. He's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. You can go back to our main text the one who stands before his disciples in the book of Matthew, the one who stands before you today, that's him. He has all authority. Do you call him Lord? Not just do you call him Savior, do you call him Lord? The question for us this morning... The question that I've wrestled with the past couple of weeks studying through this. It's not whether or not I have well thought out goals for 2023. It's will I submit to the authority of Christ in my life? Will I submit to the authority of Christ in my life? How many of you, if you're honest, already have a calendar for the year? You've already got most of it filled out. All the big things, all the things you're planning to do, all the things you want to do. Maybe you started a a, goal, a system and something's going to help you get to a certain point and you got all these steps and goals. It's all fine and good. But will you submit to the authority of Christ in all those things? If you lose 100 pounds this year, I'm going to be a cheerleader for you. But maybe this year, 2023, is... Will I follow Jesus? Will I submit to His authority? If we were to only understand who was standing before the disciples, if we only understand who calls us to follow Him today, we'd barely be able to stand up. We'd be on our knees every day asking for forgiveness, asking for strength, asking for hope and the ability to live the life that He calls us to. Will we submit to Follow him. Will we submit our families to him? Will we submit our job to him? Will we submit the way that we treat our neighbors or our family members to him? The one who has all authority gives us his command. Look at verses 19 through the first part of 20. The one who has authority now gives the command... Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. We're going to look at a couple of words here at the beginning. Your translation may say, therefore go or go therefore. We're going to look at the word go first. The word here means to continue on one's journey, to order one's life around, to walk the way of, to go, to proceed. Jesus is giving the command to his disciples, anyone who would follow him today to on your way, order your life around this as you go, as you proceed, this is it. And he says, therefore, when you see a word, therefore, what are you supposed to do? Ryan, ask why it's there for. And so when we say the words, therefore, go or go, therefore, Jesus is saying, because of what has just been said, now go. Because Jesus has all authority in heaven and on earth, go. I want you to hear that again. The one who created the heavens and the earth and everything you see and everything you don't see, the one who holds your life in his hands says, go. Go. And what do the disciples do? You can read the book of Acts. They actually what? Go. Without the disciples going and and going under the authority of Christ, without the disciples obeying and submitting to Christ, the church wouldn't have spread as much as it did. But God called his people to go to the nations. So he says, therefore, go. When you hear the words from Mark chapter 1, this is verse 14 and 15. Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15 jesus comes on the scene at the beginning of his ministry and he comes into galilee proclaiming the gospel of god saying the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of god is at hand repent and believe in the gospel jesus begins his ministry by telling all who would listen repent and believe in the gospel the good news that jesus came to save the sinner that in our weakness his strength meaning his sinless life his sacrifice on the cross his resurrection provides a way for the sinner to be forgiven the good news is what he calls all to hear and all to submit to and he calls his followers today to join him Matthew 4:18 through 20 While walking by the sea of Galilee he saw two brothers Simon and Andrew his brother casting nets into the sea for they were fishermen And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Jesus calls all who would follow him to share the good news. To not only share the good news, but to be fishers of others. To be fishers of men is what he calls his disciples to do. I shared a, a quote from a pastor about what it means to share the good news. What it means to be a Christian. It means this. One beggar telling other beggars... Where to find food? One beggar telling other beggars where to find food. It's as simple as that. Do we care enough about our neighbors? Do we, do we submit enough to the authority of Christ to go and to share the good news? Do we share the good news in our families? Do we share the good news in our workplace? Do we share the good news as we go to the store and some random stranger looks like they're having a bad day? Do we share the good news? Mount Moriah Baptist Church is a community of faith devoted to loving God, loving people, and making disciples who do the same. Jesus calls out his own, and he says simply, Follow me, and I will make you fishers. Meaning the life of following Christ is a life of loving our neighbor. It's a life of reaching others with the good news that there is forgiveness, there is new life, there is hope, and it's only found in Christ. But he says this, and the command he continues, he says, make disciples. Make disciples. He gives us three ways to make disciples in this passage. Go, baptizing, and teaching. Go, or going, baptizing, and teaching. We're going to look at those really quickly. The word going here, we've already kind of mentioned that as followers of Christ, we continue on life's journey and we go to the nations. When you hear the word nations, you often think of um, the globe in in a school or a map and you see borders and all that. Like here's one country, here's another country, here's another country. If you turn all the way to the book of Revelation, you don't have to do that this morning, but you can. uh, It says that many tribes, many tongues, many languages, right? People groups. It's not talking about, well, I'm just going to go to Canada and share the gospel. No, I'm going to go to all people groups, all languages, all tribes, all tongues. That's where we're headed here at Mount Moriah Baptist Church. Everybody say woo. That's where we're going. We're going to the people groups who haven't yet heard about Jesus Christ. And he says, go to these nations and then he goes all the way to baptizing. So it sounds like go to the nations and then just start baptizing a bunch of people. You've heard it in church. Probably if they would just come to church and get baptized, right? If They would just come to church and get baptized. Their life would be better. If we just get them in the house and we can baptize them, everything's going to be hunky-dory. We skip a step there. Jesus isn't skipping the step. He's assuming that his followers will be fishers of men sharing the good news. As you go, as you go on life's journey, you're sharing the gospel. Now, this isn't just, hey, watch how I live. Right. It's a I'm sharing. I'm speaking the good news to others that Jesus Christ came to save the sinner. I'm sharing the good news as I go. And then as folks believe and they repent from sin and turn to Christ, we then baptize. Got it. That's our step. So we go, we share and then we baptize as folks believe. I want you to to Romans chapter six. This is the second time I've asked you to turn. I'm, I'm keeping count. So it's not going to be more than four or five ish. We'll see Romans chapter six, starting in verse three, Romans six, verse three. So as followers, as we continue on this journey, as we share the gospel, as folks begin to believe and repent and turn to Christ, we see what baptism looks like. Romans chapter six, verse three. Do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ? Jesus were baptized into his death. We were buried therefore with him by baptism into death. In order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in his death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him in order that the body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we would no longer be enslaved to sin. So go back to our main text baptism is an outward expression of something that's happened on the inside. When I repent and turn to Christ for forgiveness, when I believe that he is Lord and Savior, that I place my faith, hope, and trust in him and him alone... I then verbalize that to somebody. Hey, I'm following Jesus. I've asked for forgiveness. I'm ready to live this new life that He's called me to do. And then we say, "Great, let's do this. Let's uh, let's let's publicly display it through baptism." And so, when you go under the water, it's symbolizing that we are dying to self, dying to the old way of life. Just as Christ was resurrected from the dead, when we come out of the water, we are raised a new life in Christ. Is there anything uh, magical about the waters? Do the waters save us? The work of Jesus Christ saves the sinner. Baptism is a picture of what Christ has already done, that I am dying to self and I am being raised to new life in Christ. Not only is the command to go, right, share the gospel, baptize, but now also to teach. Well, teach them what? Teach them the bylaws of Mount Moriah Baptist Church. It's a joke, right? It's not what we do. We do have those if you would like to see those and read those. I think Ryan has read through them forwards and backwards, left and right, up and down. He's got to memorize. What do we teach? Well, Jesus tells us what we teach. He says, teach others to observe all that I have commanded. The word observe here means to keep careful watch over, to guard, to attend to carefully. Colossians three sixteen Let the Word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thanks, thankfulness in your hearts to God. We not only go and share the good news, we not only baptize, but then we teach all that Christ has commanded. To be a disciple is to be a learner it's really hard to make disciples if I'm not a disciple. If I'm not learning from the words of Christ, if I'm not learning from someone who knows more than me, it's going to be really hard for me to make a disciple of someone else. Does that make sense? If I am not following Jesus, it's going to be really hard for me to make disciples that follow Jesus. If I'm not submitting to the authority of Christ in my life, It's really going to be hard for me to display that and teach someone else to do the same. Is my life ordered around Christ and his authority? Is my life ordered around the word of God? Is my life ordered around the good news of God? The lifelong task of a follower of Jesus is to study Jesus is to to seek understanding of Jesus, to obeying the words of Jesus, to finding the purposes of God through Scripture, to point others to the same. All of Scripture points to Jesus. And as he came and uh, lived and as he ministered to those around him, you see him at the age of twelve, what was he doing? He was in the temple. He was teaching the word of God. He was teaching what it means to follow God. He was teaching who God is. He calls followers today to do the same, to submit to his authority, to observe and to pay careful attention to the word of God, to teach this to those who would believe. I want you to turn to John 14. This is the third time I'm asking you to turn. I don't know why I keep saying that. But John 14, verse 23. John 14, verse 23. This is the last time I'm asking you to turn, I promise, for today. John 14, verse 23. This is Jesus speaking to those who would follow Him. Let us pay careful attention today what these words are. If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And so when Jesus says on the mountainside to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing, teaching them in the name of the Father, or baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Observe everything that I have commanded you. He says the Holy Spirit's coming to bring to your remembrance all that I have given you. And the disciples go in the book of Acts. The Holy Spirit comes upon them and they begin to preach and to teach. And the church is multiplied over and over and over again through the power of Christ sent through the Holy Spirit into the disciples. The same Holy Spirit that you and I have today. And so when we say we love God, we love people, and we make disciples, it's not in our strength that we do this. It's not in our bylaws that we do this. It is through the commands of Jesus Christ that we do this. And it's the power of Jesus Christ that lives in us to be able to do it. But when we get off track and we begin to think about other things more important than the Word of God or other things more important than loving God, loving people, and making disciples, when other things get to be more important, we'll cease to be a church. We'll cease to be a church that's under the authority of Jesus Christ. We'll be under the authority of ourselves. But Christ says, go, baptize, and teach. Jesus came to save the sinner. Jesus also came teaching the truths of God to anyone who would listen. We see the promise of Jesus. The question that we have this morning and more questions is, will we take the steps necessary to order our lives, to order our families around Jesus and making disciples? Will we as a church support the efforts? To reach the lost. Will we determine to walk with others in all of life's messiness? Jesus gives us the promise at the end. Verse 20 of our main text. He says, and behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. If followers of Jesus Christ didn't have this promise of Christ being with them. It would be impossible for us to make disciples. But Christ promises his followers, those who would go and order their life in such a way that they would share the gospel and begin to reach the lost, to baptize and to teach. He says, I am with you. The word behold here also means "Lo." We don't use those words much. Can you imagine walking into work and say, behold the spreadsheet behold the coffee has been made we do that for life groups sometimes the word be- behold or low means give special attention to this we just saw the authority of christ and then he says at the very end but pay special attention to what i'm about to say and what does he say i am with you always christ is with the follower Christ is with the one who orders his or her life around him. Christ is with the one who prioritizes him over everything else. Christ is with the one who goes and on their journey makes disciples of others, sharing the good news, baptizing and teaching. And not just I'm with you, but I'm with you always to what? The end of the age. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live, I live in the flesh. I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. The one who created everything. The one who holds all things together. The one who has all authority is with you today. So whether you go to an appointment to whether you go to a scary meeting with someone, to whether you hear a phone call, to whether your family's going through, whatever it is you're going through, if your life is ordered around Christ, He is with you always. Amen. There are people in your family who can't even say that. Jesus says, I am with you always. I want you to hear it. Jesus is with you always. Always, there is never a moment in your life where Jesus turns his back on you. There is never a a day, never a breath that you take that Jesus isn't by your side. But there are lots of days that we wake up and say, today's my day. I'm going to do what I want to do. If we only knew the person who stands before us, who has all authority... The person who is literally holding your heart in his hands, would we then submit to him? Would we then follow him? A pastor and theologian says this He will always be with those who belong to him, leading them and empowering them to fulfill his great commission. There's a song we're going to sing, maybe. Yes, I'm going to read the first, couple, the first line of this song. It says this, Rescue the perishing, care for the dying, snatch them in pity from sin and the grave, weep over the erring one, lift up the fallen, tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Mount Moriah Baptist Church is a community of faith devoted to loving God, loving people, and making disciples who do the same. You're listening to a local church podcast, hosted by my dad, Pastor Ryan Mark. Be sure to leave a review and share this resource. Love God, love people, make disciples.